All right, welcome to uh, the first of what I think we're going to call uh, Daisy Dukes. Is that <laughs> is that what we settled on? Yeah, this like George said, That's a bit it. shorter. I'm yeah. content with it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thank you to Christina for coming up with that. It's a brilliant, brilliant title. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to to get us all together because uh, unfortunately, the bad news came down yesterday. The Dusty Hill from ZZ Top, the the one and only, passed away. Uh, I think the age of seventy two. Yeah, is that mm-hmm. how old he was? Yep. Um, and. I just got to thinking like ZZ Top holds a super special place in my heart. Um, They're kind of like a band that I feel like gets (laughs) underappreciated. Kind of like, I I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people where uh, you mention ZZ Top and they go, what songs do they do? And then you start naming them and they don't realize how many songs they hear on a regular basis were done by this band, you know? And so I just, uh, I just wanted to, to get us together and kind of find out like, like what the relevance of this band was to y'all because uh, growing up, you guys know what my dad looks like. Uh, He looks like a member of ZZ Top, right? I, I I can't tell you how many times, and, and I'm you know not far behind him with my beard, but uh, I can't tell you how many times like growing up, I, people like we'd be out on you know on the intercoastal or out in public, and people would just yell, "Hey, ZZ Top, Adam," you know <laughs> what I mean? So like growing up, I, I just I associated this band with my dad because uh-huh. they looked so much alike. You know, I didn't know any other dude that walked around with a beard the length of my dad's except. Dusty Hill and Billy Gibbons, you know, so it was, uh, that, that was kind of my first kind of touchstone to these dudes and then getting to know, like, like I knew their hits when I was in high school, getting into music, but then re appreciating them in my twenties for just how fucking cool these three dudes were. (laughs) And as, as Billy Gibbons said, you know, kind of the mantra of the band was, uh, uh, same three chords, same three dudes, you know, (laughs) which is like such a (laughs) badass way of owning the simplicity of your music. Um, that, yeah, (laughs) I I just, I I feel like it's super underappreciated. So I don't know who wants to go first, Josh, if you've, uh, uh, got anything. Uh, I'm actually thinking about seeing your dad for the first time, like riding on a scooter with his big beard. Uh, and I feel like I, it's like, I, I feel like I knew what CZ Top looked like before I knew what they sounded like and yes. before I knew what any band looked like. Somehow it's like, you know. You know, so I probably also pointed at your dad and said ZZ Top. That's probably, it, huh? yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But my personal connection with them, I feel like it's like, I heard the songs on like classic rock radio and, and like them, it's sort of like, it's, it's just like a fun thing. But then also probably in my twenties got to a point where it's like, Oh, this isn't just like something fun. I mean, it is, but (laughs) it's like, they're really rich discography that I don't even feel like I've like cracked into as much as I want to because sometimes it's like i'll just listen to just got paid over and over again and (laughs) you know it's so it's constantly giving like even in the past like five years i feel like you know i've dug way into zz top yeah 100 percent. and uh and and of course they they you know they've got their eras i think like like some of the most distinct two eras i would say of of any band you know their 80s sound 
it, like they they were they distinctly didn't stop searching for a sound, even though they they kept their their vibe of what they were about, you know, they were, you know, Billy was in there experimenting with drum machines and, and bass <laughs> tracks and, and all sorts of shit. They did a really good job of bringing in the drum machines and the synth stuff without going like full tilt with it. They still kept that like raw rock and roll, like cool vibe. And the closest and they I got to that, full like, tilt really, was still pretty good too. Yeah. And I think that really saved them from like just, petering out by trying to jump onto a fad like they still kept what made them zz top and like blended that stuff in really tastefully which was really cool ryan what i thought was interesting is um one of the things that made me respect them uh even more was there's a great documentary about them it's on netflix right now um if you've not got a chance to check it out i believe it's called that little band from texas um and they talked to them and this shows how savvy and smart that they are because billy was talking about saying they noticed the the changing of the landscape and rock around the late 70s early 80s and rather than you know shake their fist angrily and say this shit sucks no like they're like no this is cool like let's start like you know let's pay attention to this and see like you know what we can if we could incorporate some influence from that and see where we can go from there and hence why you got a lot of their 80s output that sounds the way that it does but uh, spoiler alert, their 80s output fucking kills too. Awesome. It does. It's really it good. absolutely yeah. does. It's it's the most uh it, it's by far um, you know, I catch a lot of flack for saying that I like uh Brian Johnson more than Bon Scott because you deserve to. <laughs> I know, I know. Fuck you too. But but the the reason being, and same thing with 80s uh ZZ Top. That's the first iteration of the band that I knew about. You know what I mean? Like, that's the version that some of my earliest memories of watching television was ZZ Top on MTV. You know what I mean? Like, in their, like, little in-between commercials of them, you know, swinging the arm and then pointing, (laughs) uh, you know, from the legs video. Uh, That that version of them, and, and also, like, speaking of the 80s, the fact that and we'll get into their beards more in a second, actually. Like, I want to actually break that down a little bit. Um, Josh, what do you got? Uh, one of the things that makes them really interesting, um, like when you're comparing the eras, like a lot of a lot of rock bands, they feel like they're trying to move through the blues. But I feel like there's someone that sort of sees it and they kind of live it and they're able to kind of transcend it. Like, it's like sometimes, for lack of a better way to put it, like you feel like people are just like, they're wearing the blues, you know, like, and I, right. I, f- I feel like we're in like a really weird Ken Burns documentary when I say it that way, <laughs> but like, it's, you just feel like it's like, you got to embody it and they embodied it and put it into like, kind of plug it into new wave and plug it into a little bit of punk too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that that blues mentality is what gave them like their like stinky sleaze feel that they have with everything that they do. And so that's why when, when they go the eighties with the Simpsons stuff, it still sounds like ZZ top. Cause it's like the dirtiest, like <laughs> it's like the sleaziest eighties sound that you let of that era, you know, Yeah, 100%. with all the electronic drum beats and like synth and, and like sounds like dance music, but it's still rock and roll as hell. Uh, <laughs> our friend Carlos who passed away a few years ago, we always had the joke that if you put a pile of cocaine on a record player and stuck the needle in it and press play, it would play Eliminator by ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, like in the 80s, you know, the in, in the cover art 
showed this, they just went to space, man. They they were still the same, you know, the same same three dudes playing the same three chords, but they were just doing it we're in space now, space man. Now. Exactly. Just yeah. fucking driving that, you know, uh thirty I can't remember what kind of car. Is it thirty four Ford or something? The the Eliminator car? I can't remember. Damn it. Yeah. Uh it's just it's it's uh yeah, no matter how far out from where they started they got it never ceased to sound like them, which is is so fucking impressive to do. Cause like there's lots of bands that evolve their sound, but kind of lose, you know, kind of the basis of, of what they started out as, you know, a lot of people criticize Metallica for doing that. And I don't criticize Metallica for, for, for chasing a sound, you know what I mean? For, for like trying to evolve whatsoever, uh, but they're a far cry from what they were, you know, kind of their, their, their roots were. And I'm not knocking them for that whatsoever, because as a musician, you want to play new shit. You want to kind of evolve or you, you, shit gets boring for you. But, uh, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that mm-hmm. thought. My bad. So one thing I will say about ZZ top, which is that, um, and it's actually it kind of relates to when I moved down to North Carolina. Um, they're obviously not a North Carolina band, but they were one of the bands that really kind of helped me gain a lot more respect for Southern rock and for really just the Southern music scene period. Um, I feel like they kind of just transcended that. And I guess I just kind of always, because I remember the first stuff I heard from them was like stuff of LaGrange and uh, legs and like that. And I was like, these are cute, but they're kind of corny, but it, I guess it took, I don't know if it just took time. You could probably edit this out if you want. Um, but we're not adding anything today. Um, <laughs> nah. All right. Um, shoot, shoot from the hip. You're all good. Okay. We're putting no, both it, cheeks out there. No, on it, it, sure. Yeah. It took time for me, I think, to really appreciate them. And especially when I got, when I moved down South when I was living in North Carolina for 11 years and I got to kind of explore more and I got to hear songs. Like I heard it on the X, which is a fucking banger of a song. Oh, yeah, and one of their more underrated songs, which I think was from like the, it was from like the early nineties. They did a song, uh, two songs actually on the, from dusk till dawn soundtrack <laughs> that if you get a chance to hear them yet, uh, they are fucking rad. Are they, I would really? love to try to beg the other dudes in the band to cover. She's just killing me. Cause if you haven't heard that song, go seek that shit out. It has got the smoothest fucking riffs in there. It's just, it it oozes sex appeal <laughs> without sounding really like corny. So so that that's a I'm I'm glad you brought that angle up. Um, these dudes have some of the raunchiest songs. <laughs> like when you know what when you know what they're talking about. Like just pearl necklace, pearl and tube, necklace, tube, tube steak boogie. boogie. <laughs> like like <laughs> they they were unabashed in the fact uh like in what they were talking about, and yet. Moving through the eighties, what did they look like? Sunglasses and long ass <laughs> beards. You could not tell. One of the things I love about the beards so much is that it gave them a an ageless, timeless presence, right? Like when I saw them a few years ago, this is probably what, 2016, 2017? 2017. 2017. Uh, yeah. at Cape Fear, downtown Wilmington. Uh it was an incredible show that that because it was such a small venue. Like you, they almost look like they stepped out of the 1980s. You know what I mean? Like you could, you know, 
they're not moving quite like they once. Dusty wasn't running around, you know, the stage. <laughs> they still completely. had some good moves. Their choreography was pretty on fucking. Uh, just, yeah. I mean, effortless, effortless. effortless but like yeah. the the th- those beards gave them. I've always said this: this timeless effect of like they looked like they were like sixty five in those videos from back in the day. You know what I mean? Uh, so it was like a brilliant move and for Dusty and Billy to both be on the same page, growing those things out. And then of course the, you know, the fact everybody loves is Frank Beard is the only one without a beard. Uh, right. That, that mustache going in the back. Um, I don't know. I think it was just image wise. I don't think it got much cooler than that because in the eighties, when like you have the hair rock going on around you, you have like the, the peak of like rock in the eighties, like hair metal and stuff was like these really skinny dudes wearing super tight clothing and spandex and like, uh, all, you know, being tough, but yeah. like wearing, you know, kind of this am, am, ambiguous kind of, uh, and uh, gen- occasionally like androgynous or yes, like, exactly. goth, like yeah, sort right. of gothy stuff. So these dudes were like unabashed in singing about the same things that, uh, you know, the <laughs> hair metal bands were, but doing it from a radically different place that no other band was doing at that time. Um, I can't even think of like a parallel for, well, for I think these like dudes. a weird parallel is I feel like they do a lot in their videos where it's like, they're going back to space. There's like this detachment from, the subject all the time like it makes me even think of like when you get into like war and when you get into valiant thor there's this thing where they're like almost like not of this world like it's yes you know it's like they're they were sent here to be these people well, and they, fair, they to be fair if you hang at reggie's like a couple of the people in valiant thor as you might not be from this world <laughs> <laughs> but yeah true. i think that gives it like a timeless quality too like so many of the videos it's like they filmed them like around the eliminator era and then afterburner i think that's right after it's like it's like they just went out for like a week and filmed every video <laughs> for those two <laughs> albums but it also creates like this weird through line through it and that through line that they kept going up until uh whichever album like burger man is and they're I still was doing... just about to bring up burger man <laughs> yeah oh god that uh have y'all seen the Burger Man video? No. I have not. Mm-mm. Please watch it. Oh, it's so fucking good. It's off of Recycler. So this okay. is like 1990. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is so fucking weird. It's so good. But it <laughs> sounds like, like other than the, if you can get past, <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even comprehend the, the like line of music writing thought that got them to the point of the chorus being in, uh, uh, let me just read the lyrics real quick. That'll that'll. It's it's an innuendo that's so far removed from <laughs> <laughs> that it doesn't it like stops having meaning. Like any yes. way you want it, baby, I am your burger man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like they did a full fledged. Burger, Burger King, King commercial. Com- yes, yeah, Burger King commercial. <laughs> exactly. It's like they just they took that concept of like uh, have it your way and turned it into a song about you know getting laid and shit. But yeah, like, there's the but part pleasing your woman. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's the part in it where it's like a talking part in the song. That's like um, it's like a beef patty on the side or something. It's like this. It's beef patty on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, but it's. Oh, it's just so good. I think the concept of the video is like there's like this creature that's like killing these women and then they're sent from space 
to kind of take care of the burger creature. Uh, so the the song the the video itself doesn't necessarily <laughs> tie into what the song okay. is about, but I think that's the best way. That to was do a it. very common thing back then was just to have like a concept for a music video that didn't tie into the subject matter, but loosely. You know what I mean? Like one or two <laughs> yeah. words. So was the Burger Man Mary McCheese? <laughs> <laughs> I think no. Did he? Ha- he didn't have a burger head, did he? Uh, it's more like a. It really does. There's this one John Cusack movie where they have like the burger and it, uh, yeah, it's kind of more like that. Like a lot of actually the concept of that video, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like the same director. It as was kind of toxic Avenger too. That a too. Bit. Yeah. But it, I think um, just, they had like a really good sense of humor about them. Yes. hundred percent. Dan, you guys familiar with the song poke chop sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it's, it's on one of their late nineties albums. And uh, that one, I'm I'm still trying to figure out if that one is innuendo or if it literally is just about food. So maybe <laughs> maybe they just started to like as they got older, they're just like we're hungry now. Like we, yeah. we like to eat, you know. And, and when so they transition from writing about sex to writing about literal food. Yeah, well, when you get uh, an innuendo, can go so far that it's an out innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I just got so paid weird. today. Got a pocket full of change. Spent at the dollar menu at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's how I felt about TV dinners on Eliminator. I mean, it's really just about TV dinners. Like <laughs> they didn't tie that into sex in any way. I mean, they that that is a uh, an underlying theme of their whole. I mean, tube steak, uh, tube steak boogie is like that. That's a kind of a food in your window as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, that gatefold and uh, tres hombres. Yep. That makes yep. me hungry just thinking about it. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, the, yeah, they had, uh, they almost had like a weird owl quality before weird <laughs> owl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were it's just like, doing their own parodies. It's like a childish hedonism. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. like, I'm going to eat as much as I can until <laughs> I like bark, but it's not, there's not like any, even like when you get, like any song that has like innuendo, it's like I don't even can I can't say that word. Uh, I need to stop. Apparently, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 just I mean I already said it. It feels detached from like even like something like Tush should be more gross. You know, but it's oh, it's not to me personally. Can right? I tell a story about that song? Yeah. Um, me and Dan playing a band called Salvacion, also with our friend Carlos who passed away. And uh, the singer for that that band, Elliot, uh, there would be times he every time he would get drunk, he'd want to tell us the story about that song, Tush, uh, and how like everybody thinks it's about trying to get ass, but really they were trying to find weed. And during that time, that Tush was just like a term for like really shitty, dirty weed. And oh, and he shit. would get drunk, and he huh. would say that every time he would get drunk, he would try and tell us this. Like, have I told you this before? Have you heard it before? And Carlos would be like, Yeah, but I want to hear it again. <laughs> that's great that's awesome i did not know that i've never heard heard that story before yeah new to me too huh. that's a well that just goes to show you like there's even even the simplest of songs you, you think you know what they're about but not necessarily right. like you can you can unravel another layer um one of my favorite uh uh bits of trivia or bits of history i've ever heard was that um and and I know this is more about Dusty, but just to give you an appreciation of the talent in this band, Billy Gibbons was cited by Jimi Hendrix as his favorite guitarist. Yeah. 
um, yeah. which is just fucking insane, right? Like, yeah, crazy. Just, yeah, absolutely a wild thing to say. And Dusty was right there with him. Uh, one of the most underrated uh, bass players. I don't hear his name nearly enough absolutely. mentioned when you you talk about classic rock musicians and and bass players. Um, it's funny that you say that right after you mentioned the simplicity. I feel like we could go for a whole nother half an hour just talking about how what they use with simplicity. Like when I was like too punk for shit, I still love ZZ Top. I still love classic rock. But then right. when I got into prog rock and I just wanted everybody to be crazy shredders, I would still listen to fucking ZZ Top and like <laughs> a few beers deep, I'd be like, Billy Gibbons is my favorite guitar player. Yes, yes. Next to whatever John Petrucci, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and like that's the whole underlying thing of ZZ Top. They do a little bit. But what they do with it is fucking mind-blowingly rad. Yes. Like w- when I worked at the head shop, we would jam ZZ Top all the time. And even during the time where I, I thought that you had to have like a million, be a Neil Pert kind of drummer to be cool, it would just like be in my ear and I would hear like Frank Beard do a thing. I'm like, God damn, he's actually really, really fucking <laughs> yes, good. Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, I know we're all, uh, for the most part, I think Stephen King fans. And uh, I, I know like a- another element, uh, you know, Reading the Dark Tower. Oh yeah, right. A huge portion of that book deals with the drums from Velcro Fly, and just having that kind of having this band yet again infiltrate this world that I was super passionate about, um, just added another level of cool. You know, like <laughs> they they had nothing to do with being in that book. <laughs> However, like uh, you know, I, being a big Stephen Stephen King fan, like he appreciated it as well. That's why he used uh, that that imagery and and that sound, that specific sound, and it, it uh, helped from put that you song. in a headspace. Too, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, an otherworldly kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I think sometimes where why Dusty doesn't get credit is kind of the same way that people don't really give credit to ACDC, like bringing back to it. It's like actually like playing that simple and kind of confidently owning it uh, and making it sound good is very hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to kind of like make your sound be that open in like a good way. Like it's it's taught me a lot and I can learn so much more as a bass player to kind of just like kind of like nail your role and be fine with it, you know, almost like before you move on to something else and still be creative in that Mm -hmm. space rather than having to add everything everywhere or do the bare minimum, like having the perfect taste to do just enough at just the right times. I'm still on the bare minimum part, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm working towards it. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. The, uh, I forget who said this years ago, but it was actually in a discussion about ACDC and somebody said, um, ACDC's drummer should be appreciated for the parts he doesn't play because like that, which is so undervalued when it comes to music, like what you were talking about, Vic with like, just, you know, making something complicated for the sake of it does not add something to the music. You know what I mean? Like uh, a fill here, like the right, it does, but it adds something else you know like yes yeah, they, yeah, yeah their flavor was like doing a lot with a little bit you know yes yes exactly and you know the the band i'm in one of the bands i'm in bandolero we ask ourselves in practice when we're trying to write a song all the time what would zz top do <laughs> uh that's like kind of one of the mantras uh, you know what would skinner do here what would zz top do here uh because it's it's uh you know are we are we getting 
too far out in the weeds right now? Like, should we, should we tone it down? Should we bring it back home? Type of, type of question we ask ourselves. And, uh, in 2019, Bandolero actually did the, the Halloween show at Reggie's, uh, where we learned a whole ZZ Top set list. And it's the funnest show I have ever played. Uh-huh. I'm uh, so sad I never got a chance to go to that, man. I hope you do it again at some point. I, we, we still know all the songs. So we're hoping we get to play another, uh, another set as, because it was a whole whole tribute thing i got the shiny ass jacket right here in my closet <laughs> that i wore uh you know that i i bought for the show and everything really tried to play up the billy gibbons part um but uh me playing rhythm guitar obviously we're a four piece and and zz tops obviously a three piece so my guitar part i was just playing dusty's part basically just <laughs> rhythm underneath whatever because i sure as shit wasn't gonna play billy's part uh <laughs> not a, not a good enough guitar player um clayton held that down but uh learning those bass lines and learning the simplicity of those songs and actually like looking at the tabs and stuff. I, I, Josh, you're, you're spot on in, in the, the confidence, like owning that, the swag that you have to have the swagger on stage of like, you know, doing those choreographed parts and hitting those lines. It's amazing, man. It's just, it's next level. And especially Dusty Hill specifically, like they do a lot of choreographed shit where they do things together, but like Dusty Hill does these things that are so like, it's like flashy, but in not a flashy way. It's like, he does these little tricks, but it's just sly. Like he'll like fret something with his left hand and just point at it, at his (laughs) fretting hand. Like he would also do that when he was playing uh, synth. He, he would have these parts where he would just like hold a note down for a long time and then move to another note. When he went to the other note, he would point at his finger as he touched. Like, <laughs> it was like, that's so fucking that's so genius. Good. I love, I love that kind of shit that just like, <laughs> just a little cocky, like smooth yeah. moves. Love it. But just it's, not, not crazy cocky, just cocky enough. You know, it's, you know what it is? It's a magician giving away his secret but also <laughs> letting you know you'll never be able to do this yeah, like me. no shit you, you know what i'm saying like you'll never be as cool as i am right now hitting this <laughs> single note just holding this note out like you yeah. can try for a thousand years and you'll yeah. never have the yeah. the the miles on you the the uh <laughs> fucking just the coolness that comes with being dusty hill and instead of arguing like some some people would when they watch a band and go how dare you go like, ah, oh, man, you're probably right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no, no use in, uh, in, in even attempting it. Yeah. Uh, there's even the part we haven't even gotten into with like the great appearance on, uh, King of the Hill, uh, <laughs> yeah, Dusty Hill course, as, uh, as Hank Hill's cousin, uh, <laughs> which is a classic fucking, uh, episode with, that, you know, that, that's canon, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's absolutely. hundred percent canon. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And back to the future three. Yes, of, of course, band. of course, man. Yeah. Again, like that that's a great point, Josh. Like the the King of the Hill thing is like for folks that were younger or that didn't even listen to the genre music that that might have like gotten into King of the Hill just because it was a cartoon that kind of came on after the Simpsons or whatever. That is there there's all sorts of of um I forget where I heard it originally, but pop culture entry points, right? Like where uh 
you are introduced to a whole world that you didn't know existed through a completely different portal than just going out and finding a ZZ Top record. And those guys, like you said, being in Back to the Future, being in King of the Hill, they they were always down to to do something else, you know, to to make a cameo here or to make an appearance there or keep their videos like whatever the kind of vibe was of the day. They were always always around man like billy is all the time showing up i remember um uh i think uh what's his name josh homi or josh home from queen mm, of the yeah. stone age he uh like just keeping up with the joneses type of story like josh got in contact with with billy gibbons because they were covering precious and grace uh i forget if queens covered it or or who or one of his side projects and uh they were trying to figure out a part and billy was like man i'll just come down to the studio and show you so he like goes down there and they get like an in-person lesson from billy gibbons on how to play precious and grace and uh yeah like that's just an, an incredible story so uh they have that other, I think it's the same kind of story around that time. It's like, they wanted to know like how you play uh, a part. And they were like, how do you do that? And then it ended up like his beard, Billy Gibbons, beard just like hit the fret <laughs> on the way down. <laughs> That's amazing. I wonder, oh man, I got to find that story. I want to know what part that is. Yeah. I imagine there's, there's more than one instance of that happening yeah. at some point, <laughs> but, uh, Anybody got anything else to to share about ZZ Top or or any? Uh, I will actually mention really quickly, and I did not realize this until I read it online. Um, Dusty apparently was a huge old school pro wrestling fan. That makes sense. <laughs> yes, that's yes. awesome. Um, yeah. To the point where apparently that in the mid eighties, uh, during the like like southern like during like the southern wrestling scenes, would like have like the Von Erichs and rick flares and stuff like that uh apparently they contributed a lot of songs to <laughs> like the first wave of wrestlers having entrance music which, that's killer that's, that's amazing some, that's, so yeah, that's the best cool. way to end it <laughs> <laughs> i love it love it all right well uh thanks for listening we appreciate it um uh, i'm not sure when we're gonna get this out vic's gonna turn it around and get it out as soon as we can but uh rest in power rest easy to the one and only dusty hill and uh thanks for listening